And so, I believe that's what we need to do tonight. If you've got your Bible, go with me to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. You know, uh, nations just don't happen. There's always a cost and a price for freedom. And, you know, in our own nation, all the lives that have been lost. I mean, it would probably be astronomical, all the lives that have been lost throughout all the wars over the, the, the years and years of America. And I even look right now that, you know, it's a cost monetarily. I don't know about you, but I, 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 mean, I love when they say we're going to keep our military spending. I love that because I realize there's always a threat against our freedom if we don't. Let me give you some definitions of the word independence itself. It means the state of being independent. A freedom from the influence or controls of others. Self-governing. And so our nation became a nation on July 4, 1776. We are to this day 236 years old. Relative still a, a young in terms of a nation. But Ben Franklin said this, and it was a great point. He said, where liberty is... There is my country. Where liberty is, there is my country. And so, you know, if you're getting older now in your age, you may have heard people say this, and I hear this more and more, that people say, America's not what it used to be. And maybe we have seen changes over years and years and years, and they're still going on. And I believe part of the issue happens is because the Christians in our land... We haven't engaged. We haven't been relentless in seeking God. And here in Second Chronicles 7, let me read this. And I, I want this to stir us up tonight. If my people, I want to highlight that immediately. My people. You know who that is? Ones that openly profess Jesus as Lord and Savior. People that are born again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. The Amplified says, if we'll pray and seek and, and crave him again. Now there's some things in there that are very, very precise. He said, if we'll humble ourselves. One way I believe we've got to humble ourselves again as a nation is to call out to God. If we could take care of all the problems in our nation right now as human beings, don't you think we'd already done that? I think it's big as humbling to say, Father God, we got to have you. So he said, humble yourself. The second thing he said was for us to pray. Pray, and when we talk about praying, that means that we're going to seek his face. And I don't know about you, but even in my own life, I know at times I really enjoy the freedoms of our land. But do I get on my knees and do I pray for our nation, for our leaders? Because a lot of times in our lives, you know what is easiest to do? Just bellyache and complain. And if you'll notice here, he didn't say, if my people would just bellyache and complain, I'll take care of things. He said, no, if we would humble and pray. And then the last one, he said, and turn from our wicked ways. That means turn from the wickedness in our lives, but also that we become people that are very repentive. We're repent we repent as a nation. 
And in this, there's a promise that God said, when you do these things, I'll heal your land. I'll bring a healing to your land, to your church, to your home. The message says it this way, I'll restore their land to health. Now, when I read this, I believe with all my heart, we're in a spiritual battle that has physical implications. In other words, the battle we're in is against the devil and the demonic forces, but the the issues that come from the battle, if we don't fight, it ultimately comes right here to our land. Now, you're going to hear me use some words tonight. One is the word relentless, and the other one is to engage. I believe this is some of the things the Lord is telling us that as believers, do we engage in prayer? Are we relentless? See, I know in my life, and, and this is one thing I've had to do even lately here. Uh, this, this, this is how the Lord dealt with me. That you know in June we had a lot of rain. It was awesome, the rain. Now, we had prayed. We had prayed as a church, Tuesday night prayer. We had prayed, and we had prayed, and man, when it rained, it was so awesome. But just like the Israelites, you know what we ultimately did? We were satisfied. We got our rain, and you know what we did? We just kick back and act like, all right, that's... See, I believe that the times in our life aren't just forced to, to seek God when we're in times of need, but even when I've, he's blessed us that we keep engaging him and keep seeking him and keep calling out to him. Go to the book of Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I'm going to give you two words and two definitions of some words here. The first one is the word relent, R-E-L-E-N-T. And the second one is relentless. Now the word relent, listen to what it means. It means to be lenient, to be slack, to concede. And at times in our lives, I believe that describes us as a church, as people of God. That's the word relent. Listen to what the word relentless means. To be adamant, rigorous, tenacious, uncompromising, steadfast, persistent. Now when I say those words, I believe for each one of us in this room, we're either going to relent or we're going to be relentless. And that means to be relentless, we must keep engaging. We must be tenacious. We must stand and and pray and stand and pray and keep praying and keep seeking God. Now here we are in Isaiah 5, verse 13. And once again, you'll notice something here. Therefore, who? My people have gone into captivity. They've gone into exile. Because they have no knowledge. You know why they have no knowledge? They quit listening. Their honorable men are famished. And their multitude dried up with thirst. Now, the words he uses here, I believe at times could describe us as a nation. That we're in exile. We're in captivity. That we've quit listening to God, and when we quit listening to God, ultimately we're going to live famished. We're going to live dried up spiritually. We can be existing, but still not close to God. Now the reason that, that Isaiah writes about this, if you'll look back just a couple verses to verse 8. 
And above verse 8 in my Bible, look what it says. It says, impending judgment on excess. Because they lived in such excess, there became a judgment on them. I can tell right now that in our nation, guys, we've lived at ease. We, we, we're no longer alert. We're no longer vigilant. And you think about our nation. I'm telling you guys, we're a blessed nation. I mean, we are an incredibly blessed nation. That's why, that's one of the reasons it's important for times to go to, go to Mexico. Go to Juarez and you see stuff there. And when I talked to Dr. Venture, he began to tell me the poverty that he would see in Africa. You know, he was telling us one day last week that just above South Africa and Zimbabwe, that there's rebels up in there right now. And they're all, they're all migrating south because they're hungry. They're in need of food. But he said those rebels will go in. And he said, I've seen what they've done. That they went into an orphanage. And all the little orphans there, they took these metal rods. And they poked their eyes out. hundred of them. And he said... It's hard for me to even talk about what I saw him do to the, the ladies of the orphanage. And he was saying that so much of it is result because of the poverty there. And I said this to him. I, I know a, a man who, who is a minister in the mountains up in Mexico. And he's been numerous places across the globe. And you know what he said to me one day? He was born in Juarez. He said, you've never seen poverty until you go to Cuba. And I look and I think so many times in our life as Americans, myself included, we are so blessed that we've become so unthankful. I mean, I look at all that we have. You know what this minister told me? He said, I will take a toothbrush and I will give it to one of those pastors in Cuba and if I go back two years from them, they'll still have that same toothbrush. He said, when I go into Cuba, he said, I take 10,000 U.S. dollars with me. And he said, my goal is to give 1,000 pastors $100 each. And he said, that's more than they'll receive all year. He said, I take 12 pairs of clothing. And he said, when I come home, I come home with one. Because everything I have, I give. I let them have it. And so when I look at this, we come in exile to the things of Father God because our lack of being appreciative. Now, I'm not going to apologize for God blessing us. But I do believe as a nation that things will turn if the people of God don't start engaging again in the things of heaven. And I think so many times in our life, you know what happens? As Christians, we would rather fit in than stand out. What do you mean by that? Instead of being loving but bold with the things of God, we would rather blend into our society. And it's a nation that's engulfed with grief, greed. See, here's, here's the thought for you. I don't want another country. I want to recognize intent when our forefathers wrote precisely what they meant. But as a Christians, here's what we do. We take on a form of Christian, but the power is denied 
In God we trust only when we lust for the apple of our eye. And I believe that identifies America. That we've become a nation that hasn't hungered for the things of God. If you'll look with me in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. This was a verse I read on Sunday morning. And as I was going over that, there's some things that really, really jumped out on this at me. And I believe this will cause us to rise up and saying, All right, Lord, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to call out to you. Romans 5 verse 17. Just this one verse. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Aren't you glad you've received abundance of grace? You didn't have to earn it. And he said, and of the gift of righteousness. The gift of, I thank God righteousness was a gift And we will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now the word reign there means to rule. So if you'll notice there, he said we'll reign or we'll rule in heaven. That's not what he said. If you'll look real close there, he said we will rule or reign in life. Now the reason I want to point that out to you is because to reign and to rule in life, that means we're called to govern the earth. We're called as the salt. We're called as the light. And if things go wrong and things stay wrong, you know why? It's because we have relinquished or not exercised our authority. And I believe the Lord's saying, man, I've set you up. Jesus himself said in in John 14, he said, the things that I've done, you'll do also and greater. And so each one of us, we must understand, we all play a part. Every one of us play a part. And Jesus ruled in this life right here on earth. And I believe he was the example to show us how to do it. But we must become relentless. We must engage. And this is what the Lord will tell me. Anytime I want to start yakking about our nation. Anytime I want to start yakking about our president. The Lord will say. Be quiet and pray. Just pray. Just begin to pray. And I think if we would use more of our energy on praying instead of yakking, man, do you see what God wants to do? But he gave us the recipe. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from your wicked ways, seek him. He'll heal our land. And so with me, guys, I still believe with all my heart. America's brightest days are still before. But it just won't happen. It's when we begin to rise up and we begin to pray and we begin to stand. Years back, John F. Kennedy said this, Ask not what my country can do for me. Rather ask, what what can I do for my country? Helen Keller said this, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. I will not refuse to do the something I can do. And I believe as Americans, that's what we've got to get back to. I can't do everything, but that doesn't mean I sit on my lazy, blessed assurance and do nothing. And you know what? I can tell everyone of us in this room, we can pray. We can stand. 
we can begin to, to seek his face as people of God. And I believe uh, uh, that our children and our grandchildren, if Jesus doesn't come back, whoo, they're going to be blessed. They're going to be blessed. But I look and I think, someone paid a price for the freedoms that I get to walk in. I want my children and grandchildren to walk in those same freedoms. And the reason I say that, guys, is because our nation has slipped. It's gone into a direction that isn't, isn't healthy. I mean, I could stand up here and give you statistics, even what's happening within our churches. And so, I believe this, that we, when we seek his face and humble and pray, not only will he heal our land, he'll heal our church. He'll heal our homes. But he's just looking for ones who will stand up. Let me ask tonight, before I close here, is there anyone in the room right now that you say, Pastor, can I share something about our nation? There's something you, I mean some freedom, just anything that you say. I, I, I'd like to share something. Anybody here like that? And I, I know I didn't prepare you. No? None of you? Okay. Well, praise and worship. Guys, you come back up here. We're, we're going to end tonight with a song. And as they're coming, I just ask each one of you to bow your head with me right now, okay? Father God, we thank you for our nation.